0: Welcome to At Ease, a podcast for colored girls who fled corporate when six figures wasn't enough. Whether you decided to quietly quit, took a leap of faith, pursued your passion over a paycheck, or are building a side hustle, join me each week as we redefine success by reshaping our minds. I combine my lived experience and conversations with entrepreneurs and Black women to leverage thought work, to reconnect with our bodies, combat burnout, and build businesses. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 14 of At Ease. This is Part 2 of my conversation with stylist Brandi Johnson. If you have not had the opportunity to check out last week's episode, I encourage you to press pause and do so now and then come on back and enjoy part two of our conversation. You talked about like, for example, a client who now finds it easier to get dressed with three kids. What are some of those like residual Or what is that, like, residual impact that you see from supporting women with their wardrobe and their style?
1: The three biggest things that I see are neutrality, confidence, which is, you know, a big kind of broad term, uh, but I'll, I'll dig into each one, and then efficiency. And, like, all of that leads to living your life more in the way that you want to live your life so it's it's never just about the clothes that's obviously a a nice a very nice byproduct of you know having a wardrobe that really works and feels like you and and all that but i had a client once say to me she said the biggest gift you ever gave me was neutrality she said i can Mm. look you know i can try on say, you know maybe i order something online or go into a store try on a sweater or a top doesn't look right. And I can Im- the first thought that I have is not to pick myself apart. The first thought that I have is oh, the silhouette isn't right for me. I'm going to move on. Done. Boom. That's it. So, so all the noise around, is it, is it the clothes? Is it me? Is it the clothes? Is it me? You know, and we, we yeah. most often land on it's me. Mm-hmm. Because of the way that I style, my education background is never far from from anything I do. So I actually teach women about their body shape. And because I'm not teaching fruits and I'm not teaching geometric shapes, I'm, I'm actually teaching body proportions. Your body proportions don't change over time, with the exception of your midsection, which I'll talk about in a second, but meaning that. You think about the top half and the bottom half of your body, right? So just like hinge at the hips, right? So top half, bottom half. If you've always had a bigger bust than hips, that will always be true unless you um, undergo plastic surgery. Same thing in the converse, right? If you've always had wider proportionally hips and thighs than your bust measurement, that will always be true. You can gain weight. You can lose weight. It's the same. It's the same. It's a ratio. Your midsection, that's like its own consideration. You know, as we age, postpartum, there's a million reasons why you might start to have a more full midsection. But with the other body shapes, as I teach them, because it's about your proportions and not your body size, once you understand how to dress your body shape, you will know how to get dressed for life. And so that's where the neutrality comes from, because you can look at a, a, a piece of clothing and I've taught you what silhouettes look really, you know, flatter you and look really good. And so you can just say, oh, you know, this needs to be, you know, longer or this doesn't have enough volume or, um, you know, I actually need something that has a deeper V-neck. I mean, like we get really technical. It's not overwhelming. It's just like more than anything, it just confirms your intuition. Ninety percent of the time, probably more than that you know you know like if you try on turtlenecks and every time you try on a turtleneck you feel like you look like a crazy person there is a reason for that there's like a there's like a a fit reason why they don't work on you and so once Mm. someone just tells you what the reason is you don't feel bad about not trying them on again you know i don't i don't ascribe to these like you know 10 things every woman must have like Every single time I've ever put on a white button-down, I look like I'm about to cater your wedding.
0: <laughs> I look like I'm about to pass around hors
1: Like put me at the Olive Garden. Like it is a travesty, and there's a reason. There's a fit. There's a fit um, and a style reason why traditional cotton Oxford button-downs are atrocious on me. And there are reasons why there's a plethora of other things in the world that are fabulous on me and fabulous on you and and you know other folks, right? So. The neutrality is a big, big thing, the confidence. And that's like one of those intangibles. Right. So, you know, I have um, a client I've been working with and she's got a a high profile job in New York that sends her to the Capitol a lot. And she's in rooms with, you know, high profile folks. And she really wanted to cultivate this sense of like, I deserve and I deserve to have and belong at this table so you know i've been working my way up this and that and it's like i don't want to feel like the junior person in the room because my wardrobe isn't where it should be so sometimes it it's from that perspective where it's like you actually you know a lot of my clients now are at this place where they're like you know what the body is what it is okay like my kids are 12 like <laughs> we not, <laughs> I decide yeah. lose at some point great but like i'm i'm done with like and so it yeah. it becomes more about I want to feel really confident when I X, Y, or Z looking at myself in pictures with my kids, stepping into a boardroom, raising money, school pickup. I mean, it can be anything. So I'd say that's the confidence piece. And then like the efficiency, like that is, you know, I have clients who are like, or me, you know, they'll say I have like a three day work trip previously that would have sent them into a tailspin. Mm -hmm. What do I pack? What fits? What looks good? How do I know what you know I mean just a whole just spiral, spiral spiral, and they now literally will just be like boom, 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 done like I mean, they can pack in twenty minutes. It's just not a thing um, and get compliments the whole time that they're there at that conference mm. um. So I think those are, those are, I'd say like the three biggest things, you know, it's the neutrality with, with their body, with their size. It's the, the confidence of just knowing that like their, their own personal style has elevated and evolved to help them become even more of who they are. And I think that's what so many of us are seeking right now. Um, And then just that efficiency of just like the, the time and the convenience of just like, I don't have to think about what I wear anymore. Everything yeah. looks good and it doesn't matter if it's work or weekend or whatever you know we talk about that so I think those are the three biggest things. yeah and those are three big <laughs> three big <laughs> things you know if if I can pack and be
0: confident and like I don't have to think about if this is going to look good on me I mean that I'm just not even just like the physical time I'm thinking of like the mental headspace as well yes. how do you create ease? in your life and business?
1: Ooh, this is, um, I almost got a little emotional. Oh. <laughs> and and, and the, re- the reason for that is, it's a little bit of what we talked about before, right? Of just like some of these contexts and work cultures that we've been in. I call it, you know, it's like, it's the great unlearning. I feel like that's a Rachel Cargill term, um, but it's just, that has been, my journey much more so i'd say in like the last two or three years but it's been my journey you know since i started you know as soon as i i started my business was like there were so i realized there were so many things that came along with being an employee that i was bringing right with me into my business for no reason so feeling guilty if i didn't you know put in enough hours it's like what does that what does that mean what does that mean What's enough? Is it, is it enough just because it's eight? Like, well, what did you do? Mm, yeah. <laughs> what was the impact? Yeah. How are we moving? And you know, there were just so many things like that where, you know, I would joke, I remember like the, the very first, like I told you I started my business in April. So by the end of the first summer, like I had learned a lot. I also, you know, just in case this is helpful for someone, I also just like threw a lot at the wall to see what, what would stick. So I knew <clears throat> I already had a couple clients clients um, in wardrobe styling, but I was like, you know, that's, you know, one-on-one working with like real everyday people. I was like, what about editorial? What about this one? You know, so I worked on set, I styled, you know, assisted, let me be clear, I assisted <laughs> celebrity stylists. And then I also did like hair and makeup for weddings. I mean, it was just like anything i would ever wanted to do. I was like, let's try it, you know? And, and at the end of the day, I found like my passion really is working with like real everyday people. But all that to say, by the end of that first summer, first six months... It was like you know i feel like i spend i do it's like i work a 40 hour work week because i'm thinking about work for 40 hours i'm actually Mm. working about 20. but just the constant like noise of like am i doing enough should i be doing this what should i be you know and i think just learning to quiet that and learning again to trust that i will be provided for not just, you know, miraculously, although, you know, I, I love some some divine intervention, right? You know, it's like, <laughs> it, it, but it, it's, it just, I've challenged my notions of what it means to like put in the work. Um, You yeah. know, I used to do like, you know, way back in the day, like 2014, right? You know, Instagram hashtags, like hustle hard. And now I'm like, oh, like I could not hate that term <laughs> more. Yeah. You know, it's like, mm. but, and especially as black women, like all we do is hustle twice as hard. For less recognition, more micromanagement, and less pay. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. So ease for me and creating ease is really about rest. It's a lot about rest. It's, and it, it's, it's even more so about the mindset that comes along. Like when I say like rest, it's like, okay, I can take a nap. The real flex is how do I take a nap and not feel guilty? How do I take a nap and not feel like I was supposed to be doing something else, or that I'm lazy or unproductive? And so it's really just been a lot about reminding myself, like that I am that bee. Like you, you don't, you don't get where <laughs> we are being lazy. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. just is not a thing. It's not a thing. So a lot of it is just like a huge amount of deconditioning people, pleasing the creation of ease is really just about like a very intentional deconditioning of all Mm -hmm. the other stuff. Because, you know, I was talking to a a fellow black woman business owner and I was like, we didn't have any models. Like we don't have any models for what this looks like. The only models we have are you know, white supremacy, you know, culture in organizations, you know, there's only one right, right way of thinking, you know, the urgency, you know, all that, that's what we quote unquote grew up with as we had jobs. And so we just, we don't have any, you know, it's like, we can say like rest and relaxation like all day, but we actually don't have any models of like how to do that as black women. And so I think just giving a lot of grace when we like there will be times where I'll like you know reach out to my team be like hey you guys like we got to do this and this and this and like let's get it done by you know like this x X date and it's like why why are you why are you why are you hustling these people you know like leave these people alone that could easily be done next week so it's like I have to catch myself and also tell them that's something that I am working on so they can help to hold me accountable
0: I remember when I quit Beating myself up for that very reason, like, oh, I didn't work long enough, you know, mm-hmm. And, um, then I wonder why I feel just as crappy working for myself as I did when I was in corporate., yep. and it's because I've took the same <laughs> took the same stuff right into my home office. and you know, i I realized that the other day, my boys will be in kindergarten. Next fall, and so, you know, we're doing the whole school thing. Like, are they going to their neighborhood school? Are we looking at private school? I even said, you know what? I'm gonna be completely open. Like, let me even look at homeschool, right? Mm -hmm. And I was looking up something for homeschool, and it said, I was reading like a blog, and she said something about three to four hours of instruction a day. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how? How? (laughs) How are you? How are you? How are you learning everything you need to learn in three or four hours a day? And then I took a breath and I was like, oh, oh, nobody says because you're in school six, seven hours a day that you're learning more. No. Who says yeah. I have that, that kids have to do that? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm doing it again. <laughs> it's like the same yeah. thing that I did to myself when I quit. You know, we haven't even decided on homeschool, but, you know, I'm already telling myself why it doesn't work why it has to be the way that it's always been. Right. And so, yeah, that un- unlearning mm-hmm. is, ooh, it's something else because it keeps showing up. There's no destination. It's constant. And I think even the piece, piece you said around rest, like no one showed us. I mean, <laughs> at the time that we're doing this, I'm also planning a baby shower. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to phone a friend for some help because (laughs) (laughs) I cannot do
1: this all by myself.
0: This is a lot. And my bandwidth is only but so much. And, you know, someone made a comment like, well, if you're planning it, you should be able to. And I'm like, "Okay, well, that's what that's what you wanted to do (laughs) when you planned whatever you wanted to plan. Mm -hmm. But I'm not. I have learned that I can ask for help and be open to receiving it. So just like you were waiting for that next stone to take that next step, mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the next person to show up with support. <laughs> um, because I, you know, even looking back, Brandy, there were times like where I thought I was resting because, like, I didn't have my laptop open mm-hmm. or because I wasn't sitting in my office. And the reality is,
1: my mind was still working. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, that that 40-20 split, you know, it's like, wait, I physically worked 20 hours this week, but I mentally worked 40. Like, I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it. Yeah, and it takes time.
0: Mm -hmm. It takes time. It's almost like you have to practice. You have to practice. And I think for me, you talked about guilt. I felt guilty at one point, and I don't feel this way anymore, but I felt guilty at one point for, like, charging and then not having it, like, take me forever Mm
1: -hmm. to get it
0: done. Mm -hmm. As if the service that I was offering was less valuable because I wasn't stressed out and working long hours and pulling all-nighters to get it done. And that, I mean, when I say it out loud, it sounds insane, but that's really how I was approaching work.
1: I think that's so common because again, it's like, how did we grow up in terms of work? You know, and like, I, I grew up in a work culture where everything was urgent. Everything Mm -hmm. should have been done already Yep. and all hands on deck. I'm like, let me please never use that in my own business. You know what I mean? It just, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a, um, a (laughs) cover-up for being under-resourced, right? It's like, y'all should have hired some more people. Why am I doing four people's jobs? It's like, oh, we're gonna restructure. But we're not gonna backfill that role, it's just also now your job. Like, wait, what? You know, Mm -hmm. and so it's like, if that's the context that you defined your identity as a worker in, yeah. You know, like, oh, well, let's stay up till you know ten p m you know putting these binders together like what like what what is happening yeah then yeah you 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 know it's like it doesn't sound insane at all, you know we've learned to associate time on task with quality okay. um, and it took same here it took me it took me a while to learn that the more sophisticated the problem I solve, right, so like. Mm. When I started out and, you know, was charging, you know, a lot less than I do now, sometimes the mentality of that client is like, yeah, like let's hang out all day, you know, like I want to get my money, yeah. <laughs> you know, versus now the clients I have now are like, if we could do, like, I have seven more meetings. Like if we could do this in half an hour, that would yeah. be great. You know, So I, I'm still 10 years in, I'm still challenging myself not to pad things. Oh I mean, not that, you know, it's not valuable, but let their, that's what profit margin is. Let our skills actually get better so that we can do them faster. And our clients will actually appreciate that more. It's like, who wouldn't, you know, if you had a trainer tell you, you know, we can do this workout in an hour and a half or 45 minutes and the results are the same. Like what, I mean, it's like very much a no brainer, but it's, it's, you know, we will spin ourselves in circles trying to because to me, that it's a worthiness thing, right? What I'm really doing mm-hmm. is working with the client. I'm trying to convince myself that I am worthy and deserving of that check. Mm-hmm. And so I think if I keep adding things, then I can prove that to myself. That's something I, I still work on, quite frankly.
0: Mm. This was an on-time
1: reminder because I have a... <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I got an invoice like, have... out tomorrow.
0: <laughs> Look, I have a discovery call first in my morning. And I... <laughs> I, this morning, I was looking over the, you know, I have like a questionnaire, you know, people fill out and I was reading through it like, dang, they want a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they need a lot of help. And that voice started creeping in of like, can I do this? Oh, maybe I'll give them a discount if they do all three services versus just, you know, I mm-hmm. and like really di- trying to discount in advance, in my head of, yes, I can do all of this. How do I make it worth it? No, it's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it, you know? And because for me, the majority of the people that I work with are Black women. And, I mean, even in the case with The Call Tomorrow, this is someone who, end of 21, 2021, they were, it was just them. They were a one-woman show in their agency. And now... Fast forward, they're coming off of maternity leave and they have 10 full-time employees. Wow. So, yeah, you would need a lot of help.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: I'm looking at her org structure and just thinking about, and I, one of the things I did say, like I, was, I, I, I like said a prayer earlier today or meditation, I was like, I hope she's willing to let go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I hope she's willing to let go of what, of all that she's doing. And I think for a lot of us, that is the hardest part of letting go Mm -hmm. of that comfort zone about what it looked like, about what we thought it was going to look like. And the things that we've been taught or told to us throughout our careers, Mm -hmm. letting it go and just seeing the possibility of it being different, seeing the possibility of that next step. That's the biggest challenge to me that I see with Mm -hmm. when I'm working with other Black women. That willingness to let go.
1: I think to me, some of that is rooted in the consequences for us when we mess up mm-hmm. are always so much greater, so yeah. much greater than they are for our white counterparts um, or Asian, um, I would mm-hmm. say as well. And so to see if I'm going to mess up. To see if i really should have had this position in the first place so i think you know some of that i i and i hadn't really thought of this before i think i think that's a trauma response you know i mean i think having trouble delegating is like a universal thing right i mean like you know michael hyatt writes books about right it's like you know like (laughs) yeah right so i think you know delegation in general is is a thing that that people struggle with but i i'm just as you're talking you know having this wondering about the degree to which for us as Black women, some of that comes from this internalized lived experience of I can't mess up. A lot.
0: Ooh. Brandy, you are speaking to like my re- a recent experience even. And I. I don't know if I messed up or I, I could I, I, I felt like I messed up. Right. And the client acknowledged that they asked for the wrong service mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially mm-hmm. and i called a friend freaking out what do i do <laughs> you know, like yeah. this is a big client they trusted me to do this and this isn't what they wanted you know and she's like okay i <laughs> <You> know <laughs> you go back you renegotiate what did you already give them you they paid for you did you get you provided a result for the service that they requested mm-hmm. the onus is not on you because they made the wrong request yeah. and i was like oh
1: <laughs> when i tell you we all need that friend you know what i'm saying because yeah think we all, you know i've had those those moments where you're, you know you hit send or something and you're like Ooh! and that you know immediate sense of like this is it I get, you know what? Let me just close this laptop down and and go apply at the Kroger because I. I, I, I
0: That's what. That's exactly what I thought. I'm like, ah, she's gonna go tell all her entrepreneur friends, and I'm never gonna have another client again. But I mean, she was very gracious, and 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 one acknowledging that she messed up as well, and you know, we both we took a moment and said, okay you're going to go do this and recalibrate and I'm going to go do this and research something else and we'll you know reconvene and come back together but I could have easily gone down like a whole spiral of yeah. despair <laughs> but yeah that's you know that's a word too you need some friends some friends who are going to bring you back to reality <laughs> real quick what is something you know now that you wish you would have known 10 years ago before you got started that could have supported you on your journey?
1: I have two responses. One is, it's like how I do everything. Like you said, how you do one thing is how you do everything. (laughs) So my (laughs) approach to basically everything in business and in life is like, there's a mindset thing and then there's a tactical thing. One thing is you will always find a way and that has been tested time and time again. Running a business is not easy, you know, I, you know, I think there are sometimes where, you know, people are like, you know, this is hard. And it's like, well, let's define hard. I'm like, yo, it's hard. It this is it, it is hard. sometimes. you're like choose your hard. I'm like, I didn't I chose this. But I, you know, yes, it is actually it's OK to be like, this is challenging. There's like wonderful parts of it. Right. And like it's difficult for me to see myself working for someone again, unless it was like in a purely like a consultancy capacity. And like, I love what I do. And I love being both the CEO and the talent, right, of like my own little agency. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of moments where just, you know, like we were just, I mean, we were joking, but like, where you really just feel like, do I just shut it all down and like, do something else? Because like, am I am, you know, have I failed? Am I good enough at this? And this take on different flavors for me like it's never ever ever the styling piece like that is like lights me up could do it in my sleep love the challenge right but the actual aspects of running a business right with you know marketing and ops and sales activities um you know client you know customer success you know there's there's so much that goes into it that'll that that can that can rattle a person So I'd say that's a big one of like, you will always find a way because I always have. And then on, on the more like tactical side, it is get yourself good business friends and business hires. And I think you really need both. You need people in your life who understand what this roller coaster is like. And, you know, they don't all have to be entrepreneurs, right? But I do think that. I've found the more entrepreneurs I surround myself with who are constantly kind of elevating, it's it's new possibility models for me, right? Like my Mm -hmm. like hold me down girlfriends, they will always be there for me. I can talk them about business. They know my business probably inside and out, right? So that's really important too. But there's, there's a different level of nuance and understanding that comes from being able to talk to someone and be like, I'm, you know, thinking about this new offer, you know, just, just the language yeah. the and nomenclature and having, you know, I had, I raised um, my rates um, at the end of last year. And so much of that came from, I had three people in a row in different conversations be like, you know, I could really, you know, if I was going to use it, I could really see, you know, you charging X or Y for this. And I was like, oh, I mean, it just, Took me out of my little bubble and helped me to see, you know, what other people, you know, we have to kind of determine our own pricing and that sort of thing, you know, but again, just that, that, that possibility model of like, okay, there's like, there's a different ceiling out there than the one that I'm currently living with. And then business hires, like you actually should be paying people to do things that you are not uniquely qualified to do this is still yeah. something I struggle with in business. And again, it's not, I'm actually like, I love delegating. Like I'm like, <laughs> you do it. i am um, like a poor delegator. <laughs> you know, it's like just getting, getting to it like I was promoted um, six times in nine years at that um, one company. So it's like, I got really used to just like, oh, like you'll do the PowerPoint. You'll do that. You know what I mean? It's like, I have the vision. I have the strategy. I go to the big meetings. So yeah. um, being in business for yourself is humbling where it's like, wait, I have to make the deck. Oh, yeah. You know, like it takes me like nine hours and it still looks terrible. Like, thank God for Canva. Be willing to figure out who your first hire should be. It doesn't have to be a full time hire, you know what I mean? But just like get the things off of your CEO plate so that you can start to figure out, like, well, what should, like, I have a whole org chart for my business. None of the seats are filled because. (laughs) That's going to take some more capital, right? But like, I shouldn't say none. I have um, a couple of um, contractors who are wonderful. But in terms of thinking like long term, like full time hires, right? Like those, it's it's right now, it's a vision. But I know where I'm going. Like, I know what that structure could look like. Um, and that yeah. helps me to make, you know, really, you know, more informed decisions in my business around you know what i'm looking for and and who those people could be so i'd say those are my what i what i what i um wish i would have known when yeah. i started out
0: love it <laughs> i love it i also love that you have a proposed org chart <laughs> because i think everyone should you have to have that vision and you have to dream you know about mm-hmm. what what your business will look like uh Thank you so much, Brandy. I really appreciate you taking time to talk today. Tell
1: us where people can find you. Definitely, and thank you kristen this This was the conversation i I didn't even know I needed um, oh. today I knew you. I knew it would be great, um but there were just so many moments of insight and um just sisterhood and 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 all the good things. so thank you so much i. I appreciate it, and thank you for having me on. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> I am uh, mostly on Instagram from a social media standpoint, um, at Brandeis Nicole. Uh, Brandeis Nicole is my my handle for, for all things uh, social media. So um, that's my Instagram. Um, I do have a free Facebook community called Style for Smart Cookies. You search that you can request to join we have a lot of fun in there um and then other than that you know i'm i've got a newsletter that goes out um you can access that from my website and those are the, the primary places you can find me
0: so i hope you have a great week rest of your week and um i'll be talking to you again soon i'm sure
1: yes absolutely thank you so much you're welcome
0: I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you like what you hear, please leave me a five-star review and share with a friend. I hope to see you back here next week for another episode. And until then, at ease.